Hello my beauties and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today is our 30th episode if you can believe it and we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet as well as a deep dive into Salt and Pepper's feud, how it started, why it's still continuing and what's really going on behind the scenes. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. Do you like popcorn? What about gourmet popcorn? Well, enjoy some great gourmet popcorn for a good cause. Hi, I'm Irene with CBiz Media, and our media group uplifts, inspires, and promotes those in our community through podcasting, local cable TV, and radio. And we need your support. So why not support us as well as enjoy some great gourmet popcorn? If you like to order, please order today. And you can get our information on our Instagram at CBiz TV Media. That's C-B-I-Z TV Media. Or you can just email us at CBiz TV at Yahoo.com. That's C-B-I-Z TV at Yahoo.com. Get your popcorn today. And thank you for your support. This episode has been sponsored in part by Melanin Tresses by Kim K. What better time to start incorporating self-care into your lives since we've been staying home more? Melanin Tresses by Kim K has you covered for hair care. Whether you're trying to grow your hair back after a big chop or you're struggling to maintain length and achieve thickness, they have an oil for you. All Melanin Tresses by Kim K products are all natural and handcrafted with you in mind. Their oils and butters are infused with Avriotic Blends, Jamaican Black Castor Oil, and Essential Oils. The oils repair and help grow long, thick, healthy hair. They're currently offering a buy one, get one half off scalp massagers to pair with your oils. So go ahead and shop now at www.melanintresses.bykimk.com and all the information will be in the show notes. Okay, beauties, let's hop right into these trending topics. So the first one, Trey Songs was arrested. Uh, Trey was at the Bills and Chiefs game, a playoff game for the NFL over the weekend. And then altercation transpired between him and the security guards. Onlookers said that Trey refused to pull up his mask. Um, security then got aggressive and tackled Trey. Trey connected um a punch and he would they began you know full out fighting the two of these men and he was arrested taken in um you know by the security and he was kept overnight uh it did look like trey is boarding his private plane and he's home now but you know sources close to the incident say it was just the escalation that went too far 
Um, it looked as though other people, when I, I watched the game over the weekend and other people were moving their masks down to cheer, moving their masks down to eat or whatever the case. So there were several people in the event that were moving their masks up and down and that was visible to the onlookers. So it appears that Trey was upset and he felt like he was being targeted because other people were not being asked to move their face masks up into the correct position. Now, this is how I feel about this. Honestly, I've been out, you know, during the pandemic doing safe outdoor things like a football game because they were outdoors to my knowledge. I don't think it's a dome. I think it's an open air uh, field. But the situation where you feel like you're continuously being asked to pull up your mask as, you know, a person of color, whoever you may be, um, because he's also a celebrity other people in the vicinity not being asked as much to pull up their masks. So you really get into this whole thing of like, why am I the only one being asked to pull up my mask continuously? I'm taking it down to breathe. I'm taking it down, you know, just to the nose or whatever to get some fresh air to pull it back up. Or maybe he was eating. I mean, we went, we weren't there and the video doesn't show the beginning um, where they were asking him to pull his mask up. The video that TMZ released yesterday only really shows after it had became violent. Um, I don't know. It seems like Trey has been dealing with a lot of things behind the scenes. And if this is just a one-off incident, then, you know, it's hard to enforce these mask policies at the same time. You really need to get around and ask people the same number of times and try to be consistent. You can't single out people of color. You can't single out, you know, celebrities or whoever else you have an eye on. You have to watch the kids. You have to watch the parents. You have to watch those who came to the games by themselves. You have to try to make it fair as often as you can. And so less things like this will happen. And then also everybody, not just celebrities, I know they're not used to being told what to do. When somebody asks you to pull up your mask, just remember that they're really doing it for your own safety and protection. Whether you feel like they're going too hard on you or being tougher than on you than other people in the area, just pull up your mask and remember why they're asking you to do that. It's protection for you and those around you. So pulling up your mask should never be an issue, but Um, I guess it was for him. So we're going to move on to the next topic. Uh, Masika and Jamar Champ make up to break up. So there was a poll on T-Talk with Shaz Instagram. Go follow it if you're not. Shameless plug. Um, that asked who had a fake engagement over the holidays. And the answer, this was Messy Mondays, right? So Messy Mondays are all alleged rumors that have not been, you know, founded in anything. It's just things that I've been hearing. So I post them on Mondays sometimes. Um, So on Messy Mondays, I did a poll about what had been going on, who had a fake engagement over the holidays. And the answer was Masika and Jamar. Apparently the two didn't get as much attention from their lavish engagement party that they thought they were going to get. So now all of a sudden they're broken up. So they don't tell anybody why they're breaking up. She posts something cryptic. He posts something cryptic. And then she's saying that, you know, the engagement is off. The engagement is off, whatever the case. Then literally two days later, uh, the two of them are spotted in Vegas together, posting the same exact, you know, scenery to let people know they were together. And then Jamar, right before I started this podcast, he was posting, talking about, oh, of course I went to Vegas to get my fiance back. Hmm. 
I just feel like in a pandemic, some of these reality stars are just craving this attention. They're craving the check that comes with filming. They want to be relevant. They want to be what everybody talks about, what everybody's posting about. So whatever will get them the most relevancy is what they're going to do right now. And I honestly don't blame them because they're so used to it. They're so used to people caring about what they do, watching their every move and everything like that. So we've kind of created these monsters um, where people feel like if people aren't, aren't talking about me, then whatever I'm doing is not important. So they keep pushing that out there and pushing that out there. I mean, for her sake, I hope that the engagement is real, but the more and more that comes out, it just appears that it's absolutely not real. So let's move on to the next one. Speaking of somebody getting their spouse back, Tyrese wants his wife back. That's right. Tyrese Gibson is fighting for his wife back. Now, last month, his wife, Sabrina Gibson, filed for divorce and the couple made a statement. She made a statement and then he made a statement on Instagram, um, letting their fans know that they were going to be co-parenting and dissolving their marriage. Now, Sabrina reportedly in a separate report said that she felt trapped in the relationship. She felt that Tyrese was definitely holding things over her head, i.e. money, the kids, whatever else. And he was trying to control her in their marriage. Now, this has been just alleged. This has not been, you know, corroborated by Tyrese or other reports. It was a singular report where, you know, Sabrina made these statements. Tyrese today went under the Franklins. Tammy and Kirk Franklin celebrated their 25th anniversary. Congrats to y'all. 25 years. That's a long time. That's goals. I hope to get there with my husband one of these days. Um, <laughs> so Tyrese uh, went under the comments of their 25th anniversary post and began to beg for his wife's hand back. And he ended his comment basically saying, I'm going to get her back. And then he put in parentheses, I think. Um, I think Tyrese needs to text his wife. Um, they are they have filed for divorce, but it's not final. So I'm still going to call her his wife. If the, if the situation was something where both of them don't feel like they have to give up the relationship and they can maybe make it work. I say make it work if you can. There's children involved. You know, they seemed like a happy couple beforehand. Maybe he needs to relax with the controlling nature that he's giving in the relationship. If that's true, there's obviously changed behavior that may result in her coming back. But to go under somebody else's anniversary post, it's not the place. It's not the time. It's just making you look you know, a little off, you know, the same way he kind of looked when he was begging for his daughter and to see his daughter from a previous relationship. So you know how Tyrese can be. He's, he throws his heart into things. It seems when he just, you know, pours himself into social media and, you know, cries and talks about the things that he wants and needs. And he, that's the kind of person he is. He's just a really, really all out there person. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. So if you want to know what Tyrese is thinking, he is definitely going to tell you. So, you know, best of luck to this couple. If divorce is what's right for them, then we, you know, hoping for a nice, calm um, divorce. Keep it civil for the kids. If they reconcile, then I hope that he's able to change his controlling ways. Okay, let's move on to the next story. Oh, this one, Lord. Raz B versus Chris Stokes. 
Now, I have to preface this by saying I was the hugest B2K fan that I know. And I remember this coming out, um, you know, as a result of the breakup after they broke up. Um, I believe it was 2013, the group broke up, that more stuff came out that allegedly Chris Stokes had um, molested Rasby and he had continued to molest him even after the group broke apart. And I will say in Rasby's defense, when I heard this, I immediately believed it as a 13-year-old child and I'm going to tell you why. There was a show called Cribs back in the day. Some of the Gen Z people might not (laughs) get this reference, but I feel like the millennials and up will get it. It was called Cribs and all the celebrities that had big, you know, beautiful houses or whatever, they would be on the Cribs show. B2K had an episode of Cribs. Naturally, they were a huge group. You know, they got tons of press everywhere they went and things like that. So they were definitely very popular and they did their Cribs. So Rasby, um, not Rasby, Little Fizz had his house, you know, with his mom or whatever. And then, uh, or Morion had his own house and his brother was living with him. And then they had Jay Bug living in his own house. And then we come to find out later that he actually had a family already and they were living in that house. And then they get to Raz B and he's living with his uncle, Chris Stokes. And it just didn't sit well with me that all the rest of them were living with their mother, their father, or their siblings. And Raz B is living with his uncle. And just the way that Chris Stokes wanted to be part of the Cribs episode. And he was like, yeah, you know, this is my room. This is Raz's room or whatever. And Chris Stokes also managed the group B2K at the time as well. So I'm like, he's their manager. He's making a part of all their money. Why isn't he buying himself a mansion? Why is he living with his nephew? It didn't sit right with me. Even as a child, I figured these two grown men should be able to have enough money by this point to have their own homes. So fast forward to today, Rasby is still standing firm to his claims that Chris Stokes did molest him um, for a number of years. And Hollywood Unlocks Jason Lee had done an interview with Rasby and gave him a platform to really speak about what he what happened and give him a platform to really finally tell his story because Rasby has suffered with, you know, drug abuse, alcoholism um, you know, mental instability. And so nobody took his claims seriously then. And to this day, some people don't take his claims seriously, which is crazy to me in 2021, but it is what it is. And a lot of people, especially male victims don't get the respect that female victims do. And it's really a shame. So after the interview was recorded with Hollywood Unlocked and the teaser came out, Chris Stokes filed a cease and desist trying to silence the interview, um, you know, threatening to sue if the interview was released. And um, Marcus Houston, who is a still friend, close friend of Chris Stokes, called at his defense to Jason Lee to complain, to say that Rasby is disillusioned. He was molested by another family member and the drugs and alcohol has confused him to the point where he thinks it was his uncle, Chris Stokes. Um, Jason Lee of Hollywood Unlocked has offered to pay for polygraph tests for everyone involved. And at this moment, the only one willing to take one is Rasby. 
I just feel like this is such a tragic, tragic story. Um, Rasby has gone through so much and you can just tell he's still fighting with this. And I truly think it would give him some type of closure and validity if it does come out that he can pass the polygraph, that he's not lying. It will at least show that he believes this is his truth, that he believes what he's saying. Now, more importantly, I want to see Chris Stokes take a polygraph because if this isn't something that you did, why have you been running from it so hard all these years? And why are you hanging out with people half of your age all the time? I'm not trying to be ageist, but I just feel like him being best friends with Marcus Houston, him still trying to come around Orion and Amorion, these boys or these men now were, you know, young enough to be his children. And I just don't understand why he feels the need to try to be buddy-buddy and in a close relationship with them to this day. So I really hope this works out um, for Raz B, that they all get polygraphs and that they can go ahead and air the interview because he deserves to have his story told without somebody file, you know, threatening to file a lawsuit. If it's not true, let him speak his truth and you can come on and give an interview and tell your side of the story. Why are you trying to silence a victim? It just doesn't sit right with me. It didn't then, and it doesn't now. And despite all the other issues that Raz B has, I'm glad he's able to finally get out here and have a platform and talk about what happened to him, what his, what really happened to him. Okay. So we're going to move on. Um, Chico DeBarge was arrested over the weekend, uh, actually last week. And he was found driving down a highway with no lights on in his car. He was pulled over. Um, he claimed to be his brother, James, his oldest brother, that was the one that was married to uh, Janet Jackson. And after, you know, his arrest and they found out that he was not James, that he was Chico DeBarge, he was held in jail um, with no bail because, <laughs> hold on, we'll get to that. Um, after a car search, they found drugs. So, you know, they held him on possession and they held him for a false identity when they picked him up. So just a little fun fact, if you ever get pulled over for anything, just give them the, your ID. If you don't give them your ID and you try to fake like you're somebody else or God forbid use somebody else's ID that you have on you, you will at least be in jail for a couple, a week, if not more, because now they have to confirm your identity and then they have to process your bail. It's going to take you longer to get out if you do not give them your proper identification. Whatever happens, give them your proper identification so you can reach out to a family member and try to get bailed out at ASAP. You know what I'm saying? That's just a little tip from T-Talk. <laughs> okay, the next story, Danny Lee, the rapper, is under fire. So Danny Lee has been in the news a lot for dating the baby another rapper and she dropped a snippet of her new song yellow bone and it just set the internet on fire basically it's an anthem for yellow bones which are light-skinned african-american women and the, the lyrics were something like a yellow bone is what he wants or something like that and um you know danny lee says she had no problem with putting the song out because she identifies as black um and she is an afro latina she's dominican and and other things 
Um, and then afterwards, after the backlash, really, she apologized for the people that she hurt. And we did a poll on our Instagram to see what you guys thought about her apology. And about 50 of us, 50 of you that voted said they believed her and the other 50 said they really didn't. So it was kind of right in the middle on the little slider there. And how I feel about it is I was a hundred percent offended by it. Listen, you can put out as many anthems as you want, but within African-American women, dark-skinned women have been the most disenfranchised. So for you to sit there and talk about a yellow bone is what he wants, especially in reference to a dark-skinned African-American man who has a dark-skinned um whose child has a dark-skinned mother. It's just a bunch. It's just chaos. It's chaos in a ball. You shouldn't even have touched that with a stick. You know, she deactivated her social media. Like, they were roasting her so bad. I, I felt bad for the girl, but at the same time, it's like, you need to understand, that's like a white woman saying, like, oh, what he wants is a white girl. That's what he wants, you know? And it's almost just like, not to say that yellow bones and white women are the same thing, but it's almost flaunting that, African-American women are not seen as, as beautiful as uh, dark-skinned African-American women aren't seen as beautiful as their lighter counterparts. So that's why she has to be careful saying things like that. But, you know, she made an apology. It sounds like, you know, she's trying to get back on her feet. I think the single was unreleased and I guess it's going to stay that way. And I hope she can recover from this. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh girl, I don't know. It just puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I guess you really got to be careful what you put out and what you're saying in your songs. Um, and then our last topic, speaking, speaking of songs, possible collabs. Social media has been a buzz. Different interviews, different artists talking about who they want to work with in 2021. And we have a quick little list here. Erica Banks, the Busset Queen, TikTok Queen, uh, said she would love to work with her label mate, Megan Thee Stallion. So, of course, they're both from the same area, Houston. They have similar styles. And so, of course, people compare them and put them up against each other. But Erica said she would definitely do a song with Megan because at the end of the day, it's about the money. And um, she's trying to get to her bag. And we can always appreciate that. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B are supposedly having a collab come out this year. We can't wait to see that. And Lil Uzi Vert said he wants to collab with Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes is a um, actress. She's had some issues with her sobriety, but now she's back as a rapper. She put out a single called Diamonds, and it looks like Lil Uzi Vert wants to work with her or at least do an Amanda Please sample. So be looking out for that one. And these are our trending topics this week. Please stay tuned for the sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. I will be covering NFL Championship Weekend. So let's get started uh, with the AFC Championship game. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw for 325 passing yards along with three touchdown passes. The Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to the Super Bowl 
to defend their title. Now let's move on to the NFC Championship game. The Buccaneers beat the Packers and the Buccaneers were up 21 to 10 at the half and never looked back. The Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady is making his 10th Super Bowl appearance. He looks to win his seventh Super Bowl. Now, let me give you some information about Super Bowl 55. Super Bowl 55 will be played on Sunday, February 7th at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS. The Super Bowl will take place in Tampa Bay, Florida. And this has been the sports update with J Rob. Have an awesome week. Okay, guys, if you know what I'm going to say, yell it with me as loud as you can into your phone or whatever you're listening to this on. This is my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> this is, though, it's my favorite part of the podcast where we get to shine a light on something that I feel like isn't talked about or that I want to put my own little twist on. And this is our deep dive section. So this week, we're going to be talking about the salt and pepper feud, where it came from, why it's still continuing to this day, and why the ladies can't seem to find some type of cohesion between the three of them in this group. So let's start at the beginning. Salt and Pepper um, was formed a rap group in 1984, somewhat into 1985, because what happened was the two ladies, Salt and Pepper, um, wanted to be in a rap group. They were at the Queens Community College together, and they had been putting some different raps together, and they had been working with a local DJ in their area. So they hadn't quite formed the group yet, but the two of them were friends, and they both wanted to rap. So in 1985, they made it official. Their original name um, was something nature, but they ended up changing it to salt and pepper in 1985 when they officially um, came out. And at the time, their DJ was Latoya Hansen. So the two ladies and their DJ, Latoya Hansen, started out in 1985 with their single Showstopper. Then in 1987, Latoya parted ways with the two rappers, Salt and Peppa, and their new, more famous DJ came around, Spinderella, um, and she began to be their DJ in 1987. So just keep that in mind. There were two years where Salt and Peppa were without Spinderella. So the two rappers, because they felt like they originated the group, they started the group by themselves without Spinderella. They felt like they should have more of a stake in the group than their DJ who came in only two years after the group was created. Um, Cinderella, Spinderella ended up leaving the group before the group fell apart in, um, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands, because they put their last group album out in 1999. And then by all reports, by about 2002, the group was dissolved. Uh, but needless to say, Salt and Pepper still have a decent relationship and they still do appearances. They still do shows and they still perform off of the name of the group. 
Uh, years later, in 2019, Spinderella sued the group and their management company for royalties and breach of contract. So the album that she's referring to in her lawsuit was the 1999 Greatest Hits album. She said she did not see the appropriate amount of royalties from that album. And she also said there was a breach in contract because their management did not push um and you know spread and disperse the album the way they were supposed to according to their contract so these are all the things that spinderella is alleging in her lawsuit and then as recent as uh last weekend the salt and pepper biopic came out um basically showing what the ladies went through in their career how they became famous what they dealt with once they became famous and spinderella was left out of the movie completely she had no creative control she was not allowed to add her two cents in um as a member of the group and it has caused even more division and especially more heat on the other two members salt and peppa for excluding her so let's just get into all this this is so crazy to me so when i started looking into the story i really felt like salt and peppa had been together a while before spinderella came in and that's why they felt like she was an add-on person and she wasn't really you know a core member of the group but to look into it and see that they were only a group for about two years a little less than two years before spinderella came into the picture it doesn't make sense that they keep isolating her out of all these events i mean the 1999 greatest hits album she should have been a full partner in that she was on the songs that were part of the greatest hits album there's no reason why she wouldn't be able to enjoy the same royalties as the other two members and as far as breaching contract you know if they're not out here distributing your record the way they're supposed to why do you even have a record company you can go independent you know that's just like me saying like i want an earwolf i want you know a head gum i want a conan podcast all of you by the way can hit me up nothing <laughs> but it's like i want that but at the same time they're saying we want to sign you we want to sign you to become one of these huge broadcasting companies and put my podcast there but then at the same time they're not gonna put advertising behind me they're not gonna put you know all the things that you sign on the dotted line with a production company for because that's the kind of stuff they can provide to you so she really felt like she was left in the dark in that situation and on August 2nd, 2019, the case was rejected by the judge and he judge, you know, he ruled that the lady should sit down and do mediation. So the judge basically said, you know, I don't see this as being a case for the court. I think that you three and the management company can work this out in mediation. So I don't feel like this is a legal matter. So that's what they've been trying to do. But the case is actually still open because they haven't been able to come to some type of resolution. In this day and age, I'm just finding it hard to believe that these ladies can't sit down and really get to the core of their issues because they can't continue to say that she wasn't around the very beginning. She was around the very beginning. She started only two years after the group's inception. They didn't have their hit push it until she became part of the group in 1987. So she's been there for the whole ride. This showstopper song, I mean, forgive me because I, was, I wasn't I was even born when it came out, but I don't even remember that being a super hit 
Push It is the song that I remember by Salt and Peppa. Um, so why they keep making it seem like she wasn't around, she wasn't around, she wasn't around. She wants to bash us. She wants attention. She'll do anything for attention. This is why we've been separating ourselves from her or whatever the case is. I just can't understand when you're trying to give a biopic, when you're trying to tell the, your full story, who was there, when they were there, what happened, what we went through, why wouldn't you want it to be as realistic as possible? And I was watching a a critique of the movie by Funky Dineva previous to recording this. And, you know, shout out to him. I love his content. Um, Happy to see him back for the new year. But it was just crazy how on point he was. They have now opened the door for Spinderella to come and tell her story. And I think that, you know, if anybody can get this to her or somebody forwarded or whatever, this is definitely your time. If you want to tell your side of the story, honey, I would be just as shady and not even shady, but just tell the truth. How many times they try to squeeze you out of this group, how many times they try to push you away and make it seem like you weren't a part of this group's success. How often do you see group members? You know, I was talking about this with my friend E, um, Shout out to her before this episode. Also, there's so many examples of people who did not originally start out in the group, but still became part of that group. And they're still included in the legacy of that group. Michelle Williams. She didn't start out with Destiny's Child, but Beyonce and Kelly don't push her out like she was never a part of it. They acknowledge the fact that Latoya, Farah, Latavia, there were other members of the group that didn't stay in the group, but they don't push you know, Michelle out, like you didn't start with us. You can't be a part of this. No, whatever she's a part of, she's a part of. And that's, that's her, that's her right too to have those kind of flowers being thrown at her, you know, boys to men. They had a member have to, you know, step away from the group because of an illness, but I can't imagine them getting up and doing a show. Every time they do a show, they mention him. Run DMC with Jam Master J. He was their DJ. Every time they, this man is deceased. And every time they get up to perform, they talk about, you know, rest in peace, Jam Master J. Our, you know, one third of our group can't be here. You know, he's not here and all this. Thing. It just doesn't make sense to me why Salt and Pepper really feel whatever they felt back then. They still feel it now towards Spinderella because it really makes me feel like, why would you bring her into the group if you didn't feel like that? A, she could handle you know, the pressures of being in a relationship and being in a, um, being in a relationship, whoa, (laughs) handle the pressures of being in your group and, you know, kind of having a relationship with the rest of the ladies and kind of making it a group sisterly atmosphere. Why did you even have her on? And then after you had big hits with her, why would you keep her on if it wasn't, if the chemistry wasn't there? But in either way, when you're telling the story, you have to tell it all. You know, and this is the perfect opportunity for Spinderella to come back to Lifetime and say, you know what? I was completely left out of that. That was not the true story. And guess what? I'm going to give you the true story coming out summer 2022 
This is Spinderella's tale. This is my part of how everything went down in Salt and Pepper. And I think people will prefer to see that because now they feel like we know she was there. We saw her. We remember her being there. We remember the times that she was there on stage with you guys doing verses of songs in her own right. How was she left out of the movie? So they have messed themselves over by not including her because now she gets to come out and tell it her way from her own mouth, from her perspective. And people are definitely going to want to listen because they feel like there's a part missing from the story because you intentionally left it out. Um, you know, it just, it just bothers me in 2020 or 2019, whenever they started filming this, that they intentionally excluded her because of the lawsuit. And I just wish they would have been more adult about it. This could have been an opportunity for them to extend an olive branch to Spinderella and be like, listen, we're still in this messy lawsuit, but at the end of the day, you were part of the salt and pepper legacy and we're not going to have a movie without you. That's all they could have said. You know what? Honestly, that right there could have ended the remediation talks that right there in a check. Let's be clear. Cause she does deserve her royalties. That right there in a check could have stopped the whole mediation process. Everybody move on with their lives. You know, sometimes you got to let the pride go and just admit when you're wrong, because this is just a mess. This could have been such a celebration for black women in hip hop. And it's just became a mess now. And I think that's what I hate about it the most. Um, but this has been the deep dive for the week. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the outro comments. Okay, my beauties, you might as well say this one with me too. This is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you guys. Um, as always, thank you. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Anyone who's ever sponsored an episode or series of episodes, we truly appreciate your sponsorship. When you support our sponsors, guys, you support our podcast. And I also really appreciate you supporting them, visiting their websites, you know, browsing through their products or what happens have you and just picking up what you can what you want but just just the engagement with our sponsors is so appreciated because they support our podcast they bring the podcast every single week without them I wouldn't be able to do it um as always arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor we won't stop until she gets the justice that she is rightly deserved have a beautiful day or night wherever you are and I love you love you love you for listening bye